Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. Today, we are talking about the two mystery movies that have premiered in 2022. I'm your host, Carrie, and with me is Casey. Hey, Casey. Hey, 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 how's it going? Good, and we're so happy to have our friend Me Too here from the Pilot Podcast. Hi, Me Too. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh my gosh, we love having you. And what's <laughs> going on? What's going on at the Pilot Pod these days? Still reviewing at least five episodes every couple of weeks. We're trying to find all the pilot episodes across broadcast and streaming so we can cut through all the noise and let you know which episodes are worth watching. I love that. Okay, so what's the most? What's your recommendation recently? What do you recommend? Okay. One I recommend strongly is Severance on Apple TV. And I say it because I jokingly call the listeners of the pilot podcast who also can't handle scary things, my fellow babies. <laughs> and typically scary things are really tough for us. Yeah. But Severance is so good and unsettling, but not too scary. Strongly recommend. Okay. Awesome. Okay. That, that is good to know. What about, um, Stranger Things. Is it akin to Stranger Things or scarier than something like Stranger Things? Not a joke. I w tried to watch the pilot of Stranger Things and like too many scary things happened and I turned it off halfway through. So you do? perhaps Severance <laughs> is not as scary as Stranger Things. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you there. I, I'm a, I'm like a baby when it comes to freaky stuff. Like, <laughs> What you guys are saying is that the Hallmark movies and mysteries, mo murder mystery movies are about as much as you can handle. Are you saying that? Or can you handle even a little bit more? <laughs> Honestly, I can... the bomb that went off in Mystery 101 did startle me. I was like, oh my gosh, they have budget, they have effects, <laughs> oh, they are affecting uh... us. Yeah. Yeah. No, I could do action movies. Yeah. Like, marvel like that kind of universe mm -hmm. i can do stuff like lost timeless mm -hmm. war but nothing psychologically thrilling okay for me it's the psychological thrillers that are that test me like stranger things was kind of like borderline psychological thriller as well mm -hmm. as a scary actual kind of scary thriller so i agree with you there though mm -hmm. but i don't know we kind of we kind of got a little more into the scary realm with this Aurora Tea Garden movie that we're gonna recap. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah, it's it was different for sure. It was it was so different. Okay, so since these movies that we're only going to talk about the two that have aired so far, and um, since they they aired a couple weeks ago at least. Um, we are totally going to talk spoilers. We are totally going to talk, um, just recap the whole thing. So if you've, if you're listening and you have not, um, seen these movies yet, just listen, just beware. We are going to talk spoilers here. So let's jump into talk about our two movies. One is cut color murder. And the other one is that Aurora tea garden haunted by murder that we just referenced, but, um, let's talk about cut color murder first. This one stars Julie Gonzalo and Ryan McPartland and many other familiar faces to the Hallmark and Lifetime channels. I mean, so many. Brandon Zub, mm -hmm. um, Rebecca Stubb. Yeah. Uh, April Tellick. Yeah. And 
Um, who else? Linda Boyd, who's in both of these movies that we're talking about tonight. So I love her. Okay, that was weird to me because I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, were you just in the last movie? <laughs> <laughs> and she plays a, a, her best role. I feel like I've ever seen is an unexpected Christmas when she's Tyler Hines's mom. Do you guys remember her yes. role? Oh my gosh. She was so cute. She's so good. <laughs> so fun. So charming. Yes. And she and was somebody else's mom too. Like she, didn't she do back-to-back Christmas movies where she was like, the other person's mom like I can't remember I might be wrong but it might have been Christmas in Tahoe yes that's right yes because it was like back-to-back weeks I remember going wait a second hello Linda good to see you (laughs) I feel like I'm seeing her all over the place now I you know if she does not get a Hallmarkies podcast like superstar where I'm just just that throw one. that out there for 2022 anyways <laughs> we'd like to take a second from this episode of the podcast to celebrate our sponsor of this episode and that is the hallmarkies patreon do you love hallmarkies podcast do you want an inside scoop into what happens on the podcast do you want early access to episodes and loads of cool perks now is the time to become a patron of hallmarkies podcast by becoming a patron you get to access our patron Facebook group. You can request episodes or even be a guest on the podcast. And most importantly, any patron can join our monthly movie watch-alongs with stars like Paul Campbell, Natalie Hall, and more. It's as low as $2 a month to join in and become a special part of the Hallmarkies family. Please consider, and we will love you forever. Go to patreon.com slash Hallmarkies. That's patreon.com slash hallmarkies. Let's have Linda Boyd. That is that is total goal. You're Linda. (laughs) All right. Well, let me read the description of this um, cut color murder. When a beauty pageant creator is found dead, a savvy hairdresser works with a new detective and risks everything to clear the names of those she loves. Me too. What did you think of this movie? First impressions of this brand new series, maybe cut color murder. I really liked it. I love beauty pageant content because they, (laughs) speaking of unsettling, I think they're really interesting and fascinating to look at, but also sometimes a bit unsettling, especially because of the way that you have to carry yourself. So there's always like the story within a story going on with each of the contestants and the larger game. And so I really enjoyed it. I thought it was the right setting. And then having a bunch of like sassy, tough hairdressers also (laughs) in the mix just made it even more fun. And I believe the story was by Ryan McPartland too, which I thought was really interesting. Yes. Oh yeah. I do too. And has he done a Hallmark movie recently? Like I don't think he's done it for a long time. He has not done one recently. I feel like the, at least the most recent thing I've seen him in was from 2014 when he did, um, Oh, what is it called? The The Pot Pie Club of the Month with uh, Aaron Krako. Yes, I it was the um, picture, pic- something about a photographer. <laughs> did he do Twinkle All the Way or something? Or was it, am I thinking of someone else? Lifetime. Twinkle something, Life- maybe Lifetime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think Lifetime, because he has been a regular on Lifetime. True. Um, Christmas, yeah. Christmas mm-hmm. lineup for years. And 
I think he's just so great. So it was really fun to see him in this type of role as a detective, as kind of a, you know, he kind of comes in with a chip on his shoulder and that he's a new detective in this town and um, people suspect him a little bit or they just don't trust him just yet, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and he like has a run in with, with this hairdresser that everybody loves and, uh, you know, kind of starts off the on the wrong foot with her. Um, how, what did you think of their chemistry? Me too. I loved their chemistry. I love those scenes where it, to recap it a bit, she runs into him at a restaurant because she is talking to the lead, the, 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 a police officer there. And, um, he is confused as to why she's weighing in on a case. And yeah. she does one of those things where she like assesses him, like in movies or on like monk or psych or something. They're like, Oh, this person's fingernails look like this. That means they're a nervous person. Cause they chew their fingernails for mm -hmm. him. She was like, you used all hands on deck. No one ever uses that term. That means you're a sailor and your tie indicates you went to Georgetown, I believe. And like all of these fun things. And it was obviously a little bit cheesy. Obviously more people say all hands on deck than sailors. I've never <laughs> sailed a boat. I think that is a phrase I've used before, but it really lent to their chemistry. And I thought their chemistry was really, really strong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. I love that assessment and that um, replay of, of their meet cute because mm -hmm. she does have to prove herself a little bit. She is just a hairdresser, but he doesn't know the history that she has with the police department. Mm -hmm. I mean, she, as we come to find out in her backstory that's revealed as the movie goes on, you know, she is a widow and her uh, former husband was on the police force and they did rely on her in intel her information her connections mm -hmm. quite a bit actually in the police de mm -hmm. in police department so um it made sense to everybody else except him he had to catch up here to the scene and what he's doing but um that was so cute so so cute did you like them together Casey you know I did uh, to be honest with you I was really excited about Ryan McPartland I mean bless yeah. bless <laughs> bless him. He's so good. <laughs> but I, I was here for it. I thought that it was a very strong first movie, mm -hmm. um, where I, I was guessing I was doing a lot of guessing with who killed who. Yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting because it kind of reminded me of like, I don't know, a mix between Miss Congeniality and Legally Blonde. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like a really weird way um so I really I really enjoyed that premise um and it makes sense because she's a hairdresser so hairdressers hear everything they hear all of the gossip yeah so it's not so weird that she's involving herself in these crimes yeah um and obviously her um her, her husband was on the police force so they have that connection there mm -hmm. um but it's nice just because like, unlike a lot of these other Hallmark mysteries, you have just nosy people You're right. where she has a purpose. <laughs> right. Well, she has a purpose, but I kind of had to be led to that purpose, honestly, because mm -hmm. looking at this movie before, I'm like a hairdresser. What in the world? This is the so random, um, but it does make sense. And one line won me over. Someone says the hair never lies. Hair Ooh. never lies <laughs> is what 
is they said that in the movie. And I thought that was hilarious because, um, yeah, I mean, you can, you know, a, a hair left on the scene, you know, mm-hmm. would definitely tell you who someone was. Um, the the hair, the change of color and the hair was actually really important to the story. And um, it was just really funny. So I was like, OK, you got me. I want to see. But they have to they have to make these movies kind of be able to stand alone because we don't mm-hmm. know if it's actually going to be um, a series mm-hmm. or not. I think it set itself up well for a series, but as far as a standalone movie, I mean, it it was fine, but there were so many cliffhangers that I'm like, it better be a series, you know? Yeah. Like with her backstory. Yeah. I agree 100%. I mean, that ending yeah. had me very confused. I don't know. What, what did y'all think? Well, I mean, let's let's talk about that. I mean, she has this, she has this husband who passed away. So she's having nightmares because I think she found him, you know? Um, yeah. Either she found him or someone was chasing her as well. I mean, so we don't know that story. Why does she end up in the warehouse? Why does she have nightmares about a warehouse? Um, and then here we have this new detective on the scene who actually ends up being in a photo in her husband's file, like her his investigation file. And I'm like, and they reveal that right at the end. And so you're kind of like, how did she not know that, recognize this guy from the file? How did he not recognize her? He didn't recognize her, but he could have come to that town for that, for a reason. Yeah. I mean, what do you think, Me Too? It's true. He could have come there to figure out what happened. I am surprised given, I assume they showed a shot of her having lunch at her husband's grave. I assume she goes through those files almost every single time she's there. She was constantly holding that folder though. I will say the reveal at the end, I gasped when I saw Ryan McPartland's picture. And I feel like, you know, I love these movies, but I am rarely surprised to the point where I'm like, like truly clutching my pearls to no one in my living room. (laughs) And so that got me. I did wonder if they were trying to set it up for a series. I'm trying to remember how many movies it took to find out what happened to Haley Dean's ex-husband or fiance. So many. It was several, right? Several. They're not doing something like that. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, Martha's Vineyard Mysteries. They've really been layering Mm -hmm. uh, Jeff Jackson's backstory throughout all five of the movies that they've done. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it could take a while. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It'll be interesting. It will be so interesting. And, and I'm intrigued by that. So I, I think that that made me excited if they were going to have another cut color murder. Um, Okay. So that's the backstory. That's the cliffhanger that was, that they left us on. But in the meantime, we have this whole mystery and this whole other story with all of these suspects and stuff with this beauty pageant. Um, as far as mysteries go, this reminded me of like Aurora Tea Garden's first movie where you almost suspect everybody because you don't know anybody yet. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All the family, all the, you know, the locals, like you just don't know anybody. Yeah. They set it up really nicely for every single person to be suspicious. Like, mm-hmm. for example, I didn't think her sister did it because I assume in these movies, right. our protagonist is not going to have a sister in prison. 
Now, however, for a moment, I was like, well, Chelsea did look really mad. Like it could be her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's true. And even the chief of police, I mean, just because I was burned so badly from mystery 101. Oh, true. And I was like, wait a sec, but he just, I don't know. I just didn't get that feeling, but then I'm like, can I even trust my feeling? Can I trust myself? (laughs) Can I? But I'm glad I really liked his character. So yes, I was like, okay, he's safe. But there were some moments where they'd show his face and he'd have like the shifty eyes. And I'm like, yeah. And you're like, wait, why are you doing shifty eyes? Like, yeah. (laughs) Okay. So to you know, we don't have a murder right away because we have to be introduced to a lot of these characters and stuff. But we do know from like one of the first scenes that she is in, Mitzi, the, um, let's see, what's her last name? Mitzi Stewart is the pageant coordinator. She's a beauty queen herself. She, um, She has, everyone she comes into contact with is an enemy in some way or another. Like, she's kind of a bully. She kind of runs over people, you know, roughshod over people. She's, um, she wants her way only, you know, she doesn't speak to these girls very well mm-hmm. in the pageant. I mean, you just kind of like, just how she is. She just, you can tell she has so many enemies, but um, she was a great character. Mm-hmm. I loved Mitzi. Did you? Goodbye to a real one. She was so cool. And she played the businesses <laughs> off each other too. Not that I am pro that at, in any way, but I thought that was such a delicious add-on to the story because I really was looking at actually both Sterling and I can't remember the other caterer because mm-hmm. I was thinking like maybe one of them is trying to get an edge on the other. I I thought that was a really smart move. Totally. And she did that with the with the pageant moms. Like she yeah. She would like compliment, you know, someone um, in front of another person's mom. I mean, she really, really, really played people off each other. She had this power, power hungry lady. But we have, um, we have Mitzi then, who was murdered in her office. And she is just face down in her office, murdered with, um, stabbed. She was stabbed and, uh, it was just kind of a horrible thing that, that you see and that you find. And then everyone has to figure out then who, who done it and mm-hmm. why. And I think that's mostly what it is. Why, who has the motives and stuff. The pageant still goes on <laughs> even without. It must. <laughs> even without Mitzi. <laughs> so, so who did you suspect? Whose storyline as a red herring did you um did you buy Casey oh man so this one really this one had me really confused because there are several that I thought this is a red herring like that's too obvious and then I would go back and I'd say wait a second so like (laughs) Sterling he was high on my suspect list Mm -hmm. but I'd go back and forth on him because I'm like oh it's too obvious for him and then like, mm-hmm. what would his motive be? But then, eh, 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 obvious. Oh no, he's acting <laughs> a, a, a certain way. Um, so I think it did really well at distracting me from the yeah. others. I will say at the very beginning with the two pageant moms bickering, I did say out loud, one of them's, I think, yeah, I think I said something like one of them's going to get murdered in that scene. Yeah. Mm. Okay, um, so you thought one of the pageant moms was. Gonna I get thought murdered. one of the pageant moms was going to get murdered. 
I wasn't too far off once you get to the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and I should have seen it coming because I'm like, oh, Mitzi, <laughs> then the moms. But I was distracted by all of the other things and including, um, well, what was his name? Um, his character, the the assistant pageant, the um, Mitzi's like right-hand dude. Oh, Stan. I yes. think it was... Um... Stan he was kind of an investor but also her right hand man but then we find out he actually even was her lover you know her boyfriend right yeah is that who you're talking about Mm -hmm. yes yes so I was you know there there, I was so distracted distracted. I had so distracted so Sterling freaked me out though they did a great job at making you suspect Sterling Mm -hmm. he was scary he was he was intimidating really well played really well played by Brandon Zeb. I mean, cause he like was interested in Allie, our main character, our wonderful Julie Gonzalo, interested in her romantically and wanted to take her out. But as he's like going through and she's suspecting him, he lies about his, his attendance at the, you know, the time of the murder, mm-hmm. you know, all of these things that just make her really standoffish mm-hmm. to him and kind of scared of him. Um, me too. What about you? Who's, whose storylines, what, uh, red herrings did you like? I was suspicious of the person who was going to be a newscaster. Darren. Um, Darren. I was very yes. suspicious of Darren. Nathan White, I think is the actor. Yes. Mm-hmm. I thought he did a good job because I just, he kept reiterating that he was her best friend, but then he was talking about having to put on the pageant still. And I was like, uh-huh. I don't know. I just feel like I would take a moment to pause if, <laughs> if my closest friend were stabbed in the back with hair cutting shears. Not that I would wish that on anyone, my goodness. So some of his, the fact that he was still going to take the promotion, which like dope, that's great. But he just truly never missed a beat. No. And I just thought, okay, well, like if you're best friends, why are you doing that? But yeah, I guess Darren is just very ambitious. Mm -hmm. Super ambitious. I think you're so right. Super (laughs) ambitious. And he did have, I mean, he did have something he was guilty of. He wasn't guilty of murder, but he was, was he the one skimming money Mm -hmm. off of of Mitzi's pageant pageant fund or or from Mitzi even? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So all of the ways that he was showing guilt and showing, you know, some really some ma- that things that made us suspicious. I mean, he had a reason. We just didn't know it until. Mm-hmm. True. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. He was high on my suspect list too. Mm-hmm. But yeah. he was so nice. He was so. Nice. I know, but that's why he was on my suspect <laughs> list. Like those two guys. I, I mean, or three, I should say. Yeah. Just because they kept, uh, like I said, they kept distracting me with all of these other details that I was focused off of some of the other characters that I would typically suspect. Which was kind of brilliant because when we come down to the actual murder and the actual motives and all of that, it was real simple. It was really, really simple. And it was not complicated at all. No. Me too. What, I mean, when did you start to suspect or when did it kind of fall into place for you that... um who actually was the murder and why? I think I it clicked for me truly as it clicked for Allie because when they were talking about uh, the blonde hair, Mitzi trying new blonde hair, I was like, oh, 
oh, duh. (laughs) They're just both from behind. Got it. (laughs) Blonde from behind, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. That was the same for me too. Like it started, I started piecing things together as I was, you know, Mm -hmm. refocus. And I didn't even think about the hair switch. Oh, like, no, it did not even, it didn't, I was so distracted with other people. I, I <laughs> just like, and I think it's hard. like these first ones are hard. Cause like you said, in the beginning, we're trying to get, we're getting to know mm-hmm. the players. We're getting to know who's the main cast. Who's an extra, who's like, right. where do these all, where do all these people fall in? So you're like, you're trying to learn everybody's story. So then it makes it hard to tailor yeah. down to who it actually is. Because like, if you're like me, I overthink because I've seen a billion of these mysteries. So I'm mm-hmm. like, Ooh, yeah. it could be this guy. And we'll go down this rabbit hole. Um, but I thought, see, and this is where the, the legally blonde thing comes in. Cause if you remember the murder there was so simple, it was a case of, I thought somebody else was the person coming through the door Yes, and same in this case. And I was like, Oh my goodness. <laughs> I just thought of it. <laughs> well, we have, we have poor and, and I really shouldn't say poor Mitzi because she was just this, this, I don't know. I don't want to call her horrible, but she just, she did not nurture her relationship. She was yeah. really taking advantage of her, her <laughs> position and her status. She was kind of a horrible lady, but she's murdered by accident. She yes. was not the, the goal. This was crazy. Yes. And I think that's the other part of it too, that made it very hard to nail down who murdered her because everybody had something out to like, everybody had something against her. Yes. Yes. Then we find out that she wasn't even supposed to be the target. So So good. Such a good turn of events. It was, it was such a good turn. What I loved when Allie found, when she kind of stole the um, security footage mm-hmm. off of the, the computer at the police station, she stole that, she's studying it at home. And there was a moment, and I'd love to go back and watch it again, just to kind of see, but there was a moment where I was like, that's weird. Like she left her jacket or, mm-hmm. but when she was murdered, she was wearing a jacket. You know, whoever was murdered was wearing a jacket, but so-and-so like, left their jacket on a chair and something made me go, oh, this is weird. And, and kind of like tune into, oh, those two ladies look a lot alike. They look, Mm -hmm. and they're both wearing these Navy blazers Mm -hmm. and they, so we have Olivia with the case of mistaken identity and she kills the wrong person. Mm -hmm. April. April. Oh, I said Olivia Stevens. Mm -hmm. Sorry about that. That must be her, her real name. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's what we have. We have uh, this case of mistaken identity. So I thought that was kind of fun. One thing I have at the end, as far as the pageant goes, I did think that was kind of funny. This speech that this very impassioned speech that the sister gave in honor of Allie, you know, she wanted to be just like Allie, you know, and, yeah. um, which is, which is sweet, which is precious, but you know, big speeches in these movies always crack me up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially when, you know, your sister's almost been murdered. <laughs> She's coming in <laughs> probably smelling like smoke. That's the other thing. I mean, if I'm going to nitpick, I, nobody turned their head when she came in late. I'm like, 
have you not been at a bonfire? Your clothes ranky. Okay. They smell <laughs> rank when you're at a bonfire and well, people because- are going to be like, where have you been? <laughs> well, because here we have Allie who like figured it out, you know, figured out that, that, um, Olivia is the, um, this mom, this pageant mom it murdered Mitzi on accident. So she like goes, goes to her or they meet at this warehouse or something. She gets tied up, a fire gets started, she's screaming for her life and in walks this wonderful new detective kyle saving the day saving the day saving the day hello ryan mcfarland (laughs) but they don't smell like smoke it was very biblical in that way they don't smell like smoke after they've been (laughs) in the fire You know, the one thing that did kill me though, besides mm-hmm. the lack of turning heads at the smoky smell is how they caught Olivia. Why? So she, they opened So what was it? It was, um, Allie opens the door and basically bonks, um, Olivia in the head. Oh, and then like, that was <laughs> it. There was no, it was just, it was such a <laughs> funny way to catch her. Yeah. Well, you she know? like, she like thought she got away with two murders now like she thought she got away with it she's there at the pageant again why would you go back to the pageant but she's there and then yeah it's like this very like anti-climactic it was yeah it all comes back to the pageant that's what did her in maybe it was symbolic (laughs) symbolic it doesn't take much to take you out when you're all wrapped up in the pageant world no true exactly oh so that is that is cut color murder. I mean, pretty favorable introduction. I think I, I thought it was great. I thought it was a great first, hopefully a first movie of a series, but um, Julie Gonzalo is this sharp, sweet hairdresser who just like you said, just has that kind of monk quality about her observation quality. And Kyle is a great detective and she has a great family. I don't know. I, I love it. I'm, I'm here for more. What about you guys? I really enjoyed it too. The only thing that I was like, they can do away with these scenes was her cutting, like basically cutting the air around the bottoms of the backs of people's heads and just being like, do, 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 you look great. And just all these dry cuts are just like the napes of necks. And like, we can cut these scenes or maybe we can film from the front. Like perhaps we don't have to film from the back where, where we can see that the scissors are not that moving. So right. <laughs> and I was surprised they did it like several times, like with quite a few people, she did that. But aside from that, that to me was entertaining. It just added another layer of fun to it, but that's the only thing that I was like, I don't know. (laughs) You're going to be a hairdresser and make all this hullabaloo about being a hairdresser, like cut the hair, right? Like just, yes. Mm -hmm. Me too. That (laughs) Or maybe style it. Maybe instead of like, like switch it up. Yeah. Maybe for like the girls. Yeah. Yeah. Like for girls, you could kind of get away with it because it's at the bottom. So you can see the motions without her actually cutting somebody's hair. But then for the guys, maybe she's like giving them a little head massage or like, you know, putting some gel in in their hair or, you know, that way she's not fake cutting. Cause I did notice that for the guys. I'm like, okay, most guys would have like, just like the buzz. 
Yeah. Two on the top, one on the sides. <laughs> and it was always so quick, although I, I don't, you know, like men's hair, how often do they go in or whatever? And it was just like, boop, boop, boop. Yeah. she, yeah, just the napes of the necks. Yeah. That's all they need. <laughs> just clean it up. <laughs> what a funny observation. That's awesome. Would you, would you want more? Would you want more cut color murder? 100%, especially given, as you talked about the cliffhangers i want to know why he's in those files i want to know more i know agreed agreed i can't think that he's a villain i mean obviously he's not gonna be but i just wonder how yeah like what is that story what is his involvement there yeah i want to know more must i don't know well that was good hallmark we want more we love that cut color murder Let's get creative here with our sleuths. (laughs) We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable, hardy, or Hallmarkie in your life? What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Hallmark Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. The next movie that we have to talk about is is like just a tried and true. Everybody looks forward to Aurora Tea Garden movies. And um, this is Aurora Tea Garden Haunted by Murder. Of course, with our Candace Cameron Brewe and all of the whole wonderful ensemble that we now know and love. But before we get into the movie and talking about the movie and the synopsis and everything we got to talk about a few things we have a few things to address the daughters the daughters were in it so lovely <laughs> talk about that me too what um what who was there what daughters were there well we had aurora and sally's real daughters so we have mia shanks playing teen sally and natasha beret playing teen aurora and they kind of looked like their moms too I mean, it was, it was very, very good when they put them in the old school clothes for the flashbacks mm-hmm. and they were so charming. I, I had high hopes for it. I talked to Rachel about, oh man, something many, many moons ago. And she was saying that she was looking forward to it too. And I just think that it was such a cool, lovely touch. And it really feels like you're part of a family when you're watching the Aurora Tea Garden movies yeah. and you get to see more of their families now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I agree. I, I loved the flashbacks. I just wish there was more. I, I need Mia and Natasha to come back to more Aurora tea gardens. And I want more flashbacks. Honestly, it was so fun, but it was really just that one scene that they Mm -hmm. kind of flashback to predominantly at the beginning maybe one more time or something but they were just adorable in these roles and they really seemed like Aurora and Sally 
They really did. They personified they did. them so well, especially Sally's role. I mean, that little scaredy mm-hmm. cat. She is so cute. <laughs> and I have a very good friend I watch these movies with all the time. And we have this argument that Aurora and Sally are the more interesting core relationship than Aurora and Nick. Nick is great. Great. Hats off. Love the mountain man look in this movie. Yeah. But Aurora and Sally is the more compelling relationship. And I want more of them. I want more of them. I love that they had history because we, we were, I mean, this is purely movie history. This is not history that they have in the books. If you go back and read the books, this is not the Aurora and Sally story, but it's really a fun. I like that they, that it's better. It's better in the movies, I think, right now. But um, speaking of Nick, he did just about nothing in this movie. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, he fell. He tumbled. Yeah, he tumbled. <laughs> tumbled he down the stairs. <laughs> and he stood there and he had this intense look at his face. Oh my gosh. Well, I guess I'm forgetting the whole fight scene at the end. There was a fight scene at the end. True. But he just was Mr. Supportive in this role, like just right next to her. Could be because, Casey, why do you think? Well, if you didn't see it on Candace Cameron Bure's Instagram or the Aurora Tea Garden Instagram, Candace shares that Niall sliced up his face. Something fell on him when he was working on the garage. So he had 25 to 29 stitches. <gasps> Like two days before right filming. before filming, so they had to do a miracle grow beard. <gasps> Is that why he looked like that? Yes, because I had to pause my television and I was like, Who is this man she's speaking to? Like, why do they sound so familiar? It's like, I thought I knew everyone in the real murders club. Like, who is this? Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah well, I, I hope he's feeling better. That's yeah. so alarming. Yeah, well, we were talking about it because, um, and I guess we can kind of go here if that's okay, Carrie, about the chemistry. Yeah, because it yeah, kind of absolutely. relates. So, um, a few of us were talking about this offline after we'd watched it, and we noticed that the chemistry between um, Nick and Aurora wasn't as fire as mm. previous movies. Especially um, the last one, which was the honeymoon. Oh so, man, yeah, that was yeah. But yeah, <laughs> but you go from that to like, oh, okay, you have like this big bonfire between them, and it's like steam and just like passion, and then all of a sudden it's like a little candle, <laughs> like a little like, kiss, oh, a tiny. That's mountain. true. But we kind of wondered after Candace had shared that publicly that Niall had hurt himself. We wondered if he just wasn't feeling well. Because, I mean, if you have had stitches before, and you have to work, and it's in your face, like, and he obviously had to have, like, some kind of filler, because you can't grow a beard. I mean, well, most guys can't grow a beard that fast. I probably, Mm -hmm. you know, they probably, I don't know, they had to adapt their kissing scenes, I guess. Well, and if you even notice, I kind of felt like his, his mouth was limited had this weird mm. kind of limited movement he was so subtle in his delivery and in his his um his conversation that once i heard oh my gosh he had a, a gash on his face and he had 29 stitches i wonder if he was still numb at some point i mean poor guy he he was a trooper 
I mean, he delivered a great movie, but now that we know that it had, he had some extenuating circumstances. Now I like it better. I'm like, yeah. bless his heart. I know. Yeah. Wow. I know. So it's, crazy. Yeah. Cause, yeah. Cause everyone made a big deal about the beard, you know? Yes. I, was shocked. I mean, but hats off to Niall because I, I don't even like to work when I'm sleepy. Like I can't imagine if I get a bad night's rest, like you're getting me at maybe 50% capacity the next day. So mm-hmm. I just can't imagine if I even had a paper cut. I know, right? it's, it's, That's so alarming. It is. It is. I hope he's doing okay now. And, yeah. and also I'd love to hear from him about this, you know, this particular role mm-hmm. and movie and the beard and everything. I'd love to hear from him, but I'm so th- glad that Candace gave us a little insight afterwards and kind of, um, you know, mm-hmm. looped us in. Yeah. Cause yeah. And that yeah. beard was full. Yeah. It rich. was full and like, it wasn't just the normal Nile scruff like that. I'm like, okay, you know, I could dig it. I, I, I dig the scruffy Nile, but this was like hollow in your face, like brand new beard. And yeah. I was a bit shooketh by it. <laughs> now, now we know why. Yep. Well, let me read the synopsis of haunted by murder. A murder investigation is reignited in a house that is considered haunted by the Lawrencetown locals. And years ago, I'm sorry, where years ago, Aurora and Sally as teenagers discovered a body. So this is the first body Aurora ever discovered. And, um, you know, they, they have teenaged Sally and Aurora there and Arthur, teenage Arthur there as well. Yeah. And um, it's just a fantastic scene that sets us up. Honestly, this movie was all about ghosts. It was all about, you know, paranormal activity or what they thought, you know, this haunted house was filled with, um, filled with this, uh, this guy's ghost. And this, it was so Scooby-Doo to me. I loved it. <laughs> it just was total. Cause you knew it wasn't <laughs> real. Yeah. You're like, okay, they're going to, they're going to fill us in here, but it was so Scooby-Doo. Me too. What did you think of this movie haunted by murder? This is probably the level of horror movie that I can handle, even though I still watched go. it during the day <laughs> rather than the night it aired. Um, but I really enjoyed it. It was very Scooby-Doo. That's the perfect way to describe it. It was like antics and they were talking about, uh, we can share later it's about Nick being pushed and uh-huh. like you see the paintings and like the a painting is moving and all of this stuff. And it truly felt like at the end, someone was going to be in a monster costume and they pull <laughs> off the mask and they're like the land keeper. Like, it's truly like, that's what I was expecting. <laughs> so, <laughs> it, but in a really great way, like so fun. Yeah. I, I thought for, for a ghost type of murder mystery movie, um, they did it really well. Cause they, it was scary, but they, you know, it's still these playful characters that we know and love. And so it was, it was familiar that way, but um, Casey, I know you're a huge Aurora Tea Garden fan. What did you think of this movie? Yes, I am. I am a huge Aurora fan. Um, this movie, I I gotta say, it's not my favorite. Oh, um, really? Yeah, it's not my favorite. I, I, you know, honey, I think honeymoon, honey murder, definitely 
tops this one for me. Okay. That's not to say that I hated it. I really enjoyed it. I love the aspects of, um, you know, young Sally, young row. Um, I don't do a lot of the whole haunted thing. I mean, now that you say Scooby-Doo, if I would have gone into it thinking Scooby-Doo, I could have gotten more on board with it, yeah. but I just didn't know how far they were going to take all of the paranormal activities. And yeah. I'm just very, just a bit leery about that. <laughs> um, you know, even, even if, you know, I know it's fiction, mm-hmm. um, but that was just one thing. Like I was just very cautious, like going into it and I'm like, oh, how far are they going to go with this? Right. Um, right. But, but yeah, I mean, once we got to the whole ghost hunters with, um, you know, with everybody going to the house and they all have their little detective detectors, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, you know, this okay. is kind of goofy, especially with Lillian being part of that. I was like, how I know. funny was that reveal that she was like, uh, I'm on the board. <laughs> She's on the board. Of the I am the queen of ghosts. <laughs> like, I was like so my good. grandmother started the chapter here. Yeah. yeah. well so this is I thought it was really intriguing though how they um brought it back around you know so we have 20 years later and um Aida um is that that did I say that right (laughs) Aida Aida thank you yeah so she she buys the house Mm -hmm. and um wants to restore it and because it's this historic home in Lawrenceton and um she buys the house. Rourke cannot believe she bought the house. She wants to go and, and snoop around in it again. Discovers, rediscovers this secret passageway, you know, where they found this body in the basement. And um, then out of strange turn of events, a handful of them end up spending the night at this house. Okay. What? Yes. <laughs> spending the night Aida Aida's like she's spending the night anyway just to like be there she has to familiarize herself with the house she said maybe categorize some of the belongings and Philip's gonna stay there with her so Aurora of course wants to Nick of course just does because Aurora is and then Sally's editor is like (laughs) forcing her to write this article my night in the haunted house you know so she's super scared but that was kind of funny. It was funny to me. So we do, let's talk about suspects as we're introduced to new characters and, you know, this movie being totally opposite of the one we just talked about before where everybody's new to us. You know, we have our main core, our group of people. And so everyone knew that they do, you know, they have to introduce a lot, a lot of people to us to yeah. throw us off. So um, who was first suspicious to you? Me too. I would say the, the contractor, mm. especially because of how he was being rough with Ida yeah. to, to try to Ida to try to get her to like pay him more and do more business. And she was yeah. like, I don't respond well to this, which is fascinating and such a great line read by Mary Lou Henner. Cause if a single person approached me in any way, like that I'd be like all right I'll pay you like I would just cancel the check later or whatever you know like I would comfortably take the coward's way out and right. so I just love that she was like I won't stand for this like while this man is towering over her yes so suspicious of him and I was kind of suspicious of the mom next door Mona because when she kept coming over I thought 
is this an act Mm -hmm. or does she really have some sort of issue with potentially her memory or something Mm -hmm. like that? Mm -hmm. Good point. She she was instantly freaky. Yeah. Oh, 100%. She's in this nightgown, you know, and this is that Linda Boyd that we were talking about is so um, popping up in all these Hallmark movies now. She was, she was such a good, like kind of derelict character, you know, where she just, you could tell something's off, something's wrong. Mm -hmm. And um, I never considered it to be an act. That is so interesting. I thought she'd be like, whoops, I found my way here again. And then she kept saying the ghost opened the door for her. So I was like, Sure, mama, like whatever you need to say, get in the house, look for whatever you need to look for. So I was yeah. a little suspicious for her. And then I felt bad at the end of the movie because I was like, oh, oh, what was not an act? She, she, really, she really did have Sorry. some sort of issues. Like, oh. <laughs> yes. So right away, so this um, neighbor comes in and, you know, she was, she's been a neighbor of the Crenshaw home for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then her daughter follows her and is like, oh no, my mom, I just saw my mom come in. And so you can tell that this daughter, Tamara is, um, you know, taking care of her, her poor mom, her unfortunate mom, you know, money is, is tight and bills are, medical bills are high. And um, yeah, she's just mm-hmm. like, her mom just escapes their home all the time to come over and she she was a little freaky yeah but oh my gosh you know who um Aida was so tender with her every time wasn't she she was just such a good she's like come in and have some tea why don't you come tell me about something Mm. anyway that's a little sad yeah she did great she did great so we have Reggie the contractor we have Mona the neighbor and we have Tom Wilkie the developer who also wanted to buy the home Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And who else? Anyone else at, on this list of um, suspects? So I gotta say, Tamara had me suspicious in the very beginning mm. because yes, just because she was just like, oh my mother, oh like she was so innocent <laughs> that I was like, she's guilty. <laughs> oh my gosh! So you were cutthroat in the other direction. I was like, the mom's lying, and you were like, the kid's lying. <laughs> I know. <laughs> The thing I couldn't figure out is how she was connected Mm, because she was too young, but I was like, she's involved somehow because she's, we don't just, we don't waste characters. Every character has a purpose and a mystery. And this girl, she's suspicious to me. That's really good. I love that you remember that. I never seem to remember that when I'm watching these movies that we don't waste characters. We don't waste people introduced. Um, so she was young. She was young. And if we're talking about a m- mystery, a re- a reigniting a murder mystery, you know, investigation that happened mm-hmm. 20 years ago, she would have been what five, you know, she would have been yeah. really little mm-hmm. going back to that. It was not a reignited murder mystery investigation. Was it like the police at that point said it was just an accident. There was no murder suspected at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but now kind of putting these pieces together, Aurora's like, I feel like he was murdered. <laughs> yeah. And with, I will say with Tamara too, I didn't, obviously like she couldn't have murdered the people from way back when I was thinking maybe she knew something or knew somebody or like she yeah. was connected to it somehow. And maybe she yeah. found out about it in her later years and she was covering for a surprise character that was going to show up. 
Yeah. Like, I don't know. I wasn't really sure, but she just had me very suspicious. <laughs> and really, ultimately, I mean, we can definitely kind of, you know, just jump in here to the story as we as we tried to unravel it. You know, the three of us were kind of trying to remind each other, you know, different parts of the ending and the big reveal because there was a lot going on. And a main character, what I found really confusing was one of the main characters 20 years ago in the murder and the whole night that the teenage Aurora and Sally and Arthur were daring each other to go into this haunted house and stuff like that. All these, these things, three things were happening at once on this property. We had the teenagers, yeah. we had a ghost hunter coming in um, named Frank Borelli, who ended up being that murdered man that um, Aurora found. And then we had this what we find out later was this, um, um, these, I don't know, robbers, they robbers, robbed a bank. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. These bank robbers were burying money on that property, on the Crencher house property. And what ended up being like this main character in that scenario, the bank robber scenario was Mona's husband, Lyndon, who we never met. We never saw. And yet he, his name kept coming up and coming up and coming up. And that's why it was confusing to me, I think. Mm -hmm. Just, yeah. You know, because you would forget about him because it's like when you don't see him, you forget him. Even if you hear the right. name, it's like out of sight, out of mind. She just re yeah. referenced Lyndon, Lyndon. You're like, okay, you know. Yeah. He probably isn't real part of this at all because he doesn't exist right now, you know? <laughs> because that really goes back to your no wasted characters thing now that I think about it. I'm going to mm -hmm. keep that in mind now when I watch these. Mm, yeah I, I am too but what about Ezra the man who owned the home and then his wife who died a year after they moved into the home and his ghost is supposedly haunting the home because of his wife's death they really did not explain some of these ghost these ghostly activities that I were think happening. we were to believe at the end that it is a little haunted uh, yeah which I thought was really cute yeah with the music yeah I thought that was a really lovely mm -hmm. reveal I don't know if I gave that away too early but no no please please let's jump into it I thought that was cute to have that be like the part of the haunting that if I think it's if you're in love you hear this song and I thought that was very cute and a nice way to approach a haunted house because uh, mm -hmm. otherwise I don't want these people to be unfriendly ghosts i'm only familiar with friendly ghosts yes yes no because that's what the whole town assumed that these were unfriendly ghosts because a murder happened there yeah but really the haunting happened many years even before the murder with this love story yeah so yeah it was supposed to be kind of more sweet than than anything but yes. um yeah okay guys like let's keep unraveling this this mystery like when did you when did you make sense of like the frank bernelli part casey everything came together at the end once yeah. you know pieces were being revealed especially when tamara confesses that she had discovered things about the money through her mother and the journals and all of that mm -hmm. then it started all making sense as to how mm -hmm. everybody was kind of connected. I mean, I was still a little confused because a lot of those characters we didn't meet. So we didn't meet the one that was buried under the tool shed. We didn't meet yeah. the, um, we didn't meet Frank Bernelli, who was a, you know, we didn't meet Lyndon. So like, um, 
it was kind of hard to piece everything together that way. But like once everything came to light, I was like, okay, that makes sense. Well, I didn't know how he played a part in it. Um, Frank Brunelli, you know, you're like, oh no. And then Anthony Brunelli, his, his brother who's living, you know, who's kind of like intrigued by this cold case of his brother's murder. He seemed super suspicious, like from the get-go. I think they were painting him as suspicious. But when I think about it, if my brother were a ghost hunter, and had been murdered 20 years prior. Not that I wish this on my brother. He's very well with his kids. <laughs> but <laughs> shout out to my brother, my sister-in-law, my baby niece. Love you, bro. <laughs> Love you all. But if something happens to my brother, and then all of a sudden this like busybody librarian showed up to my house and yeah. was like, where were you 20 years ago? And all these things, I would have been like, you could kindly get off my property. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely not. And so I think like in the world of the movie, he was suspicious, but like if, as much as you can put yourself in the shoes of someone dealing with a haunted house, I was like, okay, I agree. No, I would absolutely nope out of this. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Now they have this, um, so they do explain that Frank Brunelli, who was the murdered man um, 20 years ago when Aurora's first body that she ever found, you know, and Lillian says that great line, what bodies don't you find? You know, like, (laughs) you find all of them. Um, They, we find out that he really was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Unfortunately, he was ghost hunting that night and um, he was found by these robbers who then um, killed him. And um, so that was that was tragic. But as we're staying in the house, as we're sleeping over, you know, Nick and Aurora get woken up by this music that they hear. And he goes in search of this music. This is what bothered me about this whole movie. Every time you don't do things alone, right? Like you don't go to the basement alone, Aurora. You don't go check out the noise alone, Nick. Like you just don't. You don't sleep in the house that you think is haunted that murders happened in. (laughs) Right. No amount of money or any job or any relationship commitment or anything that would get me to sleep in that house. And then then you're like, okay, good night. Absolutely not. They go to their separate bedrooms. I'm like, no, you sleep in one room. If you're doing this, you sleep in the the living room. Yeah. Like everyone together, not just husband and wife, like all 15 of us. Come on, yes. guys. Let's get our sleeping bags. <laughs> Sleep over. Yeah. Right by the fireplace. Okay. Can you imagine, though, a whole murderers club sleepover in that house? They would love that. I mean, we get Lizzie. We'll get, you know, um, everybody. The nephew. They would love it. Fill they up. would love it. Yes. That would be a blast. It'd be so fun. So Nick gets pushed down these stairs by real human hands he felt he felt like they were real human hands mm-hmm. it wasn't the ghost that was kind of a shocking <laughs> moment of the movie <laughs> yeah that one I was kind of like how did this person sneak in and sneak out so quickly without being even noticed I, I don't know I, I mean, mean this, it, this person was wreaking havoc you know as we find out it was or we assume we found out who it was. Mm-hmm. Who? Tamara. Tamara. 
camera, the daughter next door. And what was her motive for getting involved 20 years later? You said with the journals and the buried treasure. Yeah, she wanted that money. Yeah. She wanted, because they needed money. You know, mama's mm. mama's uh, mental disabilities were, were getting expensive and stuff. So they needed that money. I was um, confused when she was able to push Nick at the top of the stairs and Aurora said, I was only looking at Nick. So I didn't see who pushed him. Uh-huh. And I just feel like my house would have to be pitch black for me to not notice someone shoving someone from behind in front of my eyes, especially if I were this very good detective in my neighborhood. Right. Amateur, sure. But like I've solved dozens of murders in my tiny town yes. where the murder rate is probably higher than any major city. <laughs> right. But like, where did Tamara go? Which like, that's the thing, like, because everything happened right there. Like Sally yeah. Rowe, they're at the top of the stairs. Nick is going down the stairs. He gets pushed. It's like, was there a secret door or something? Did Or a room she hid in? Did she yeah. hide in the door? And that's just, okay, first of all, that's creepy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that is creepy to even think that somebody would be in your house. I know. I know. It is so creepy. I and then that. I, it, like hiding. And then all the hullabaloo comes in. Everybody goes outside because they're worried about Nick. So then she can sneak out. Like, that's just. Yeah. Well, and she's been looking for this money for a long time now. She doesn't know if it's buried. She doesn't know if it's in the house. And so she like knows the house well, you know, but true. that was weird. It was weird when she comes over to get Mona at one point and she's like, what are you doing here? And Mona says, you told me to come here. And that's when I was like, what who is this what does Tamara have to do with this whole thing you know mm. she's like you told me to come she's like no I didn't I'm so sorry you know my mom's over here again and that was kind of freaky but um you know any other loose ends that that we need to tie up here with this with this movie or or the they left hanging I'm trying to think and it was the contractor that drove the getaway car yeah right yeah, he was involved yeah. in the robbing yeah so he was involved he was an accomplice that like mm-hmm. you said yes before. he was an accomplice and then yeah. tom wilkie really had nothing to do with any of the robbery the murder anything he really literally just wanted the property to develop mm-hmm. so yeah. he was like playing on these old hor- these old haunted stories about the get out you know and yeah. he's the one who did that yeah, yeah, he just was like rude. And then it was easy to potentially pin some things on him. Yes. <laughs> hothead. He's just a hothead. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I will say, and like I said, like this one also had a lot of different elements to it to be confusing enough. Yeah. So that you thought everything was a red herring. Because yeah. like, I definitely thought the developer and the contractor, I definitely thought they were red herrings, 100%. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, again, back to the no wasted character, I should have gone with my gut. I really just need a whiteboard is what I need for the <laughs> You know, whiteboard to write all the things down. So I'm not yes. like losing my mind as I'm trying to figure out who done it, but <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think considering that this is what the hundredth Aurora Tea Garden movie, they're doing a really good job shaking it up. Like they're doing a good job shaking up the formula. They're not, 
doing the same old, same old. Um, and so that's one thing I appreciate about this one is it was, it was different. It was different. In fact, it was so different that I was like, I, I can't believe they haven't done a ghost story before this, you know, Yeah. unless they have, and I'm just not remembering, but I don't think that they have, but are you an Aurora Tea Garden fan? Me too. Like, are you just, you said you have a friend that you watch these with and you, um, you get into them. Yeah. I love Aurora Tea Garden. I used to be, uh, I, I watch all of the Hallmark movies and mysteries movies. I used yeah. to be like, uh, Haley Dean was my number one. Uh, then it was Aurora. Now I'm kind of like really feeling mystery one oh one. I think that's my top girl right now. Yeah. Because those, that chemistry is really good too. Not to talk about an entirely different series on this one, <laughs> but I really love these. That's, that's how I ended up getting to, to join y'all on Hallmarkies is I was talking to Rachel during the, on her Fran cast show. Yes. And, uh, Ryan McPartland came up mm-hmm. and I talked about a couple of the, the Christmas movies I liked that he did. And I was like, oh, I really like the mystery movies more. And she was like, well, have I got something for you? <laughs> <laughs> that is so fun. Well, I too, I know um, Casey and I have uh, talked about this before and podcast about the mysteries before too. And um, well, I just love them. I love them. I think that they're, they're intriguing enough that I can sit and watch them a couple times, but I can watch them with my kids too, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, so they're kind of that, that nice in between, not too much, not too little, you know, where you're like, Oh, predictable, predictable. Some of them are maybe. Yeah. 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 These two, these two specifically were, I thought they were a great start to, um, hopefully what is, what are many, many Hallmark movies and mystery murder mysteries (laughs) this year. I love them. Me too. All right, great debut for Cut Color Murder. Yes, definitely. (laughs) Definitely. Well, any last observations? Any last things to say about either of these two movies? Um, let's bring another uh Cut Color Murder. Let's (laughs) figure out Ryan McParland's character's background. Let's bring back Aurora Tea Garden because as of right now, we don't know if Aurora is coming back. We don't know. We don't know. Nile feels better soon. Yeah, we got that. We need a well Nile. How is his face? He's not on Instagram. He's not really on social media. We don't really know. So we need an update on all of that. I totally agree. Um, Yeah, hopefully it's not the end of Aurora Tea Garden, this beloved series that we would just keep going. Let's just Mm -hmm. keep going. Um, let's, Let's do it. And you know, they could even flash forward a few years and give them some kids so that it's kind of like garage sale mystery. Ooh, (laughs) they could do that. They definitely could. Here's what I need from, if we have another uh, cut color murder, I need, I maybe need a little tiny bit more chemistry between Kyle and Allie. Although I like their dynamic, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe we need to work out some, some of this, um, this bundle how how they were he was involved in her husband's story first but i i like the romance i'd like it to go a little more romantic as well i think that that would be fun but you guys thank you so much for talking about these movies with me i love doing this with you guys and just talking all things mysteries (laughs) um uh me too where can people find you on social media you can find the pilot podcast at thepilotpodcast.com and we're also on TikTok. We're figuring out TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at the pilot pod. 
I want to see those TikToks. That's for sure. Casey, <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Casey underscore underscore Simpson. Awesome. And come to Instagram and find me at Hallmark Comics. That's Hallmark underscore comics. Interact with me there. I would love to um, to get to know you there. And of course, please follow um, Hallmarkies podcast all over social media. We have a, a lot of fun putting out content for you guys like this, like our podcast. We have interviews and recaps, but we also... Um, have fun things like the patreon group you can join and that's over on facebook and information on our website there the merch store um definitely leave a thumbs up and subscribe to our youtube channel here so you don't miss any of this content and uh, leave a review on itunes um we love talking with you guys and um yeah, just hearing feedback from you. So thanks again for joining us for the mystery recap. We will be talking to you. See ya. Bye, all. Bye.